Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host of Bass Fishing for Noobs, Sean Lavery, and I'd like to welcome you guys all again this evening. Um, this is actually a re-recording uh, due to a little bit of a, a mess up on our end. Uh, we accidentally deleted this show, so I get to know mostly about this guy because I've already talked to him, but uh, we're going to dive into all the topics that we recorded before, and it, it's kind of cool because now um, there's one other aspect of this guest's um, uh, life that I, I'm going to dive into at the end that I'm really excited to get to talk to him about that. But before we get into uh, the guest, um, a couple things I wanted to remind everyone about. Again, um, Paddle and Finn is still running our Kayak Bass Fantasy Fishing Series. Uh, you can find that on paddleandfin.com fantasy. And by the time this airs, which will be um, next Monday, uh, tonight is Wednesday, we're recording on a, uh, or Thursday night, um, but next Monday will be less than a week before uh, the Pal and Finn uh, meetup uh, down at Dale Hollow Lake, um, and the fine folks at Eastport Marina are going to put us up and uh, host a great event for, for us down there, and uh, a lot of the Paddle and Finn hosts are going to be there, uh, so I look forward to, including myself, um, so I look forward to getting to meet uh, a lot of the um, listeners and uh, a couple of the other hosts that I still haven't met in person. So I'm super psyched to make my way down there and, uh, you know, take a crack at Dale Hollow again. I was there two years ago for the Palinfin meetup. I missed it last year, which I was kind of bummed about. So I'm super psyched to get a chance to try it this year. 
but um, hoping to see a bunch of you guys, a bunch of the listeners down there, and uh, you know, definitely psyched to get down there. I feel like I've learned a lot since uh, uh, the last time I fished there, so I'm kind of excited to try my new skills there. All that being said, uh, I'd like to welcome Mr. Timothy Berry to the show. Welcome, Tim. Thank hey. you so much for coming back on. First of all, you know, <laughs> the only thing better than uh, getting talk to, you, to talk to you once is getting to do it twice. So that just gave me a little time to prep. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now and uh, you know, hopefully you you know you're you're an old hat at this now because you know you already did it once. But exactly. Yep. <laughs> Well, um, I know uh, when you reached out to me, uh, I, I really thought it was a great idea because, um, like I said in the um, the description of the show, uh, a lot of times on this show we talk to some pretty big name anglers. Uh, I just uh, interviewed um, Eric Siddiqui on Tuesday night, and uh, he just won the Bassmaster uh, Kayak Series Championship. So, you know, uh, definitely talk to some big names, but I think that, um, you know, it's also good to talk to, you know, people that might not be as well known and you can still have some great conversation, get some great insight, uh, about fishing. Um, you know, you don't have to be a pro to have a lot of fishing knowledge. And I think as we talk tonight, the folks are going to kind of see that, that, uh, you know, just because you don't carry the pro label doesn't mean that, uh, you don't have a ton of knowledge to share. So yeah, for, for the, sure. <laughs> so for the folks who, don't know you or uh we're just introducing you to to, to tonight uh for the first time uh let them know who you are kind of where you're from and uh maybe we'll we can dive in a little bit to how you got started fishing and uh i know uh your story's a lot like mine um and uh so uh go ahead so um i'm from nebraska grand island's where i'm living right now i'm actually from a small town called arcadia it's 311 people um I've been fishing my whole life, um, basically. Um, most when I was little, we did a lot of catfishing and stuff. We had irrigation canals that ran right next to our town. And we used to fish those all the time for catfish using cut bait and just whatever meat we had in the refrigerator, basically. <laughs> I think we caught more carp than we did anything, though. But it was fun. Um Um, from there, um, I did a lot of creek fishing as well. Um, we used to walk the creeks with little ultralight rods uh, and just throw the tiniest little things and get creek chubs and stuff out of them. Back when I was, shoot, I was probably six till I was like 10. We used to do that because we could just grab a rod and walk over to a little creek that ran by our town and do that. And, um, uh, then my friend, he got a car. Well, his mom let him drive his car. So he'd come into town and pick me up when he was 11. He'd drive into town. He'd oh come pick goodness. me up. And we'd drive <laughs> Small town things. <laughs> you get away with a lot. <laughs> um, but he'd come pick me up and we'd drive out to those irrigation canals and we'd fish all the time, like every single day. And then um, about high school time, I start kind of getting away from fishing and kind of get into girls, cars, motorcycles, that type of thing. And then about three years ago, my girlfriend that I dated all through high school, she broke up with me. So kind of had to figure out something else to do than just have a girlfriend. So I picked up fishing and 
I fell in love automatically. Um, that first, very first day I went out, um, I was throwing, uh, I watched a YouTube video and they were throwing Senkos on Texas rigs and I went out and I'm like, I can try that. So I went to this little tiny pond and started throwing Senkos and I just reel it in and then I let it sit and I caught 21 fish that day doing that. <laughs> and it just, it got me hooked instantly. I've been fishing just about every moment that I can since then. Um, Last year, I put in over 280 days on the water. So, and the years before that, I probably put in at least 150 days the other two years. I've been fishing hard. Every minute at work, I'm listening to fishing podcasts. When I'm at home, I'm watching YouTube videos on fishing, a lot of tactical bass, and I'm just trying to take in all the knowledge I can. I'm loving it. And now no. here I am. I just got done fishing today, so didn't have too much luck. Um, Nebraska has a lot of um, uh, sand pits, so and that's mainly what we fish, like 500 acres in this. Um, they're basically just sand pits that they dug out for mining sand. Um, they have like one really deep spot in them where they just started dredging and taking out a bunch of sand. And they can get up to like 40 foot, but most of my fishing all comes in about like 20 yards from shore. Um, there's some structure in the lakes around here, um, mainly um, a tree piles like Christmas trees. They dump Christmas trees on through the ice. Mm -hmm. And then they, when the ice melts, they fall down and create structure under the water. And that's mainly where you got to fish right now. I'm uh, Later in the year, all the fish push shallow and it gets easier, but it's pretty tough this time of year. Um, and uh, is it mostly clear water or is it more like dingy? I know some places, you know, they have like crystal clear water where you got like 10, 10 foot more of visibility, but that's definitely not my kind of uh, visibility. Mostly where I am, you get like a foot or two max and, and every once in a while the river gets pretty clear, but for the most part, you know, they're, you know, you're not seeing much deeper than two, two and a half feet, maybe if you're lucky. Um, yeah. Um, it really <laughs> depends on the time of year and which body of water you're fishing. Some of the smaller ponds will be really clear and some of them, they die. So, um, uh, they get clear cause they die them and you can see pretty good. But for the most part, again, probably four foot of visibility max, um, Really depends on the time of year, though. Like right now, you can see pretty good through them. Um, but once the water starts warming up, it start and the water flips. Uh, it gets pretty murky and it gets pretty tough to fish. Um, and right now, we're only seeing like forty. Today on the water it was only forty-two degrees. So wow, wow. It hasn't really started warming up too much yet. So. So you're not probably too far from just having ice, right? I mean, how, how long have you been ice-free now? Um, well, the ice just came off the lakes. Well, it's been on and off for the past, like, two months. You'll get about a week of open water fishing. Next week, you'll be back on the ice. And um, uh, two weekends ago was about the, when it finally started actually opening up. And now we're starting to see nicer weather. 
But two weeks ago, we were off at the local lake, off the dock, jigging with the ice fishing rods right off the dock because there was no good ice to fish and there was no open water to fish. So you got to be too, I guess, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and what got you off the bank? Like, what got you into a kayak? Like, what was what was your first kayak, and you know, how did that progress? Um. Well. When I was about like 14, we started getting the recreational kayaks, um, just going down the, floating down the rivers and stuff. Um, we have rivers here, but they're not the best fishing rivers. I mean, you get catfish and carp. That's about it. Um, but they're fun to float down. So I'd been kayaking a little bit out of the cheap, like $200 sit inside kayak. Um, and then when we started getting into fishing, um, we thought to take the kayaks out. Little did we know they got stolen out of our back, my friend's oh, backyard. So that wasn't really an option. So my brother saved up a little bit of money. He went to Tractor Supply and bought his first kayak. It was a Pelican, um, uh, some sit on top, 12 foot. And then I got a Sun Dolphin um, Journey 10SS. And I used that for the first year of fishing. Fished really hard out of that. I was, did not go easy on that kayak. I put a hole in the bottom of it. And then, <laughs> so last year, so last year, I decided to upgrade to a Hoodoo Element 100. And it's been a really good kayak for me. Um, it's not as stable as you'd really like, though. I, you can stand up on it. I mean, I'm only 170 pounds. So if you're any heavier than me, I wouldn't really recommend standing up on it. But it got me out in the water. And this year, I'm just upgraded to, well, it should be in the mail within the next week. Um, uh, feel free, Lure 13.5. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I'm sure oh. that that'll be a whole nother level of, uh, you know, standability and, you know, feel free makes a really nice kayak. So, uh, I I'm excited for you cause I, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get that. Oh, I am. And the thing that I'm most excited about that is later in the future, I can upgrade it to a pedal drive if I want to, which I really do. Um, I kind of thought about, maybe put a trolling motor on it since that might be a little bit cheaper route. But honestly, for the lakes around here, I don't really think you need a trolling motor. I mean, it might be nice, but I think pedal drive would be more appropriate. So I for, think I'm going to do that route. For the size of body is a water you're talking about. I feel, I feel like a pedal drive would get you pretty much where you need to be. Yeah, exactly. You really don't need a, trolling motor to go 20 miles you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're just pedaling around the lakes it would i think it will be nice plus i'm a some of the spots get pretty shallow so i'm still probably going to be paddling a lot of the time but i think it'll be nice just if i want to go across the lake or if it's really windy outside it will be nice to be able to have a little bit more control over the kayak with the pedal drive Definitely for sure. And keep your hands free for fishing. So exactly. Yep. So, um, um, how, how is it pressure wise? Uh, you know, do you usually see a lot of other people out, out on the water or, um, I know, I think, you, did you mention that, uh, some are, some or a lot of the lakes are kind of limited to 
horsepower motors or, you know, is there a limit like that or like how much pressure or fishing pressure or boating pressure do you see on these bodies of water? Yeah. So most of the lakes I fish are trolling motor. Most of them are trolling motor only, but some of them are no lake lakes. Um, once you start getting to the bigger lakes, you, you see that start going away, but on most, but most of the good bass fishing is in the smaller lakes that are under 500 acres. Um, so most of them are no trolling motor lake or trolling motor only lakes. And honestly, a lot of the guys out there are catfishers or walleye fishers. Um, every once in a while, you'll see a guy out there that's bass fishing, but not a whole lot. Um, some of the lakes you go there and you won't see anybody else out there. So there's not a whole lot of pressure. Um, some of the lakes get pressured. Um, like the one that I just went to today, um, it gets pretty pressured. Um, there's a lot of guys that like to go out there musky fishing and walleye fishing is a big thing out on that lake too. Um, so you see that pressure, but on the bass side, um, really not too much. Um, it's mostly me and my friend group. Every once in a while, we stumble across another couple people. And honest, and there's some of the guys, you learn a lot from them. Um, I talk to a lot of people at the boat ramp. And hmm. honestly, I don't mind stumbling across other bass fishers. It's a rare occurrence for me. So when I do see them out there, I try and learn as much as I can from them, see what they're throwing, how they're throwing it, you know, just kind of learn from those guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, and um, how about tournaments? Do you guys have a lot of tournaments there? Or have you, have you had any tournament experience? Um, I don't have any tournament experience. Um, although since last time we talked, um, me and my friend, we picked out two tournaments that we're going to go fish. Um, one of them's at Elwood in Nebraska. And, um, it's the tournaments are hosted by central States kayaking something. Um, but it's, um, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. And one, the other one that we're looking at is in Iowa at Blackhawk. I believe the lake is the name of the lake is and i think we're gonna go fish those two i'm really hoping so i i plan on it i mean i'm going to be fishing at least <laughs> one of those two i'm hoping i can get him talked into doing both of them with me but awesome so. awesome that's cool I'm, I'm i'm glad you're taking that leap because i think you're <laughs> you're gonna love it so that that's cool i'm happy to hear that so and I know yeah, um, I, mean, you, I you, can't just sit around and not know how good at bass fish I am, you know. There you I go. Like there you go. The waters. That's right. But, and I, and I don't know about you, but them, I don't think I really am going to have too much of a game plan besides looking at a topographical map and seeing the depths. And I'm probably going to go pre fish one day and I'm just going to wing it from there. Just go out fish how I normally would fish. I'm not going to put too much thought into it. I'm just going to go out there and have a blast. It's I'm excited for it, honestly. So no, that, that sounds great. And I'm in I know um, one of the things that tournaments helped me with the most was actually learning to fish different bodies of water. Cause I, you know, if left to my own devices, I would just fish the, the two places that are 15 miles from me each way. And I wouldn't really branch out. But then when I started signing up for tournaments where I'd have to drive, you know, 
half an hour, an hour. I've driven up. Well, I drove to Tennessee, but uh, that was a little <laughs> bit of an outlier. Uh, but, uh, you know, the local tournaments around me can get up to an hour, an hour and a half, two hours away, at, you know, so it definitely has opened up a lot more water for me and a lot of different bodies of water for me. So that's, that's really helped with my fishing as well. Just, it kind of forces you, if you sign up and you, you pay to go, you know, you know, you're probably going to go do it. So, uh, and then just to go and fish those, uh, different bodies of water, if you know, you're going to learn, you know, at least a little something, you might not do great the first or second time you fish there, but you know, it's definitely going to teach you, how to break down water and, you know, you know, a lot of different things, especially if you can go with somebody else and they can kind of take you under the wing, like a bunch of the guys in our local uh, tournaments have done though. Um, they'll even, you know, I've, I've hooked up with guys to do floats with and all sorts of things. And I, I just love the uh, camaraderie that comes along with those groups. It's really neat. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to go meet new people and kind of listen to what they have to say and learn from them. Um I really like exploring new light lakes. Um, I've probably fished every lake within two hours of me. Um, so I love to go out there and drive. Um, I don't have a problem driving two plus hours to go to a lake and fish. That's what I enjoy to do. I like going out and just learning new bodies of water. Even if I don't catch anything, I can still kind of pick out the water and kind of find places that I might want to go to next time and kind of you know just feel it out and when you do catch a fish out of new body of water it's like wow i can actually do this <laughs> it's, exactly it's yep yeah it's a cool <laughs> feeling to know that you know you can put your skills to use outside of your comfort zone so yeah it really is i i really enjoy fishing bodies of water that i've never fished it's kind of like an adventure to me honestly <laughs> So, well, I know um, when you first reached out to me and we were kind of talking about uh, the topics we wanted to cover, one of the things that you 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 uh, you brought up was um, how to kind of expand your horizons. And and, you know, it's great to like you said, you 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 that first day you threw a, a Texas rig Senko and, you know, everybody has, uh, you know, their first bait that they start catching fish on. Uh, for me, it was also a Senko. Mine was Wacky Rig, uh, Wacky Rig Senko, but um, I, I was kind of just like you. I Once I caught fish on that, that's all I wanted to throw. And, you know, eventually you're going to find spots where that doesn't work. And is that yeah. kind of how that worked for you as well? That's exactly how it worked. Once I started on the fishing new lures, it opened me up to a whole new world of fishing. Like, you could go to... You can go fish those secondary points and deeper water. And like when you're fishing open water, like before it starts grassing over, Texas rig's probably not the best thing to be throwing when there's not a whole bunch of weed cover and not a bunch of cover. You want to be covering more water. And a Texas rig's not really that great for covering water. 
Um, one of my first lures that I really started expanding onto besides a Texas rig, um, well, besides soft plastics in general, um, was the lipless. And my first time ever throwing lipless, I didn't catch anything. And then, so I kept fishing and fishing. I'm like, I'm going to catch fish on this thing. And it was probably too soon for me to be fishing it in the year. Um, fish are kind of still slow but my very first fish i caught on it was a little over five pounds and ever since that i've been catching a crap ton of fish on the lipless it's became one of my favorite lures um this year i've already caught a bunch of fish on a lipless it's been one of my best lures this year so far um well besides a finesse paddle tail um <laughs> obviously no, and that's, it's, it's funny you say that too because in the last in the last half of last year that was actually one of the baits that i picked up as well and uh absolutely fell in love with because i was smashing them on it left and right too and i i kind of kicked myself for shying away from it for so long um the, the reason i shied away with it because i had thrown uh started throwing crankbaits a lot and you know that has that nice bill on the front so even in the Rocky Susquehanna where I fish, um, you know, I, I had confidence that that bill would be bouncing off the rocks and I wouldn't get hung up as much. And when I looked at the lipless, I was like, well, there's nothing really guarding those hooks from you know, snagging on the bottom. I thought I was going to be snagging left and right. And uh, uh, a friend of mine happened to go out with me one time and he, he was throwing a lipless and I was throwing a regular crankbait and he was like crushing me, like three fish for every one that I caught. And, um, I, uh, he's like, I, he kept telling me you need to throw, you need to tie on a lipless. And I was like, oh, I have them, but, uh, I'm going to keep going with my crankbait and stubborn me. It took me half a day, but then finally he convinced me. He's like, when it got to be like, I think he had like, you know, 12 fish to my three or four. I was like, okay, fine. I'll tie on a lipless. And it was, you know, I just started catching left and right. And, um, after that in the river, I had so much more success, uh, with the lipless, um, you know, just a plain old rattle trap, uh, nothing fancy, you know, and uh, it, it just worked great. And then then I had a hard time putting that down for sure because it, it really worked well for me. Yeah, the reason I really strayed away from liplesses and crankbaits in general was the treble hooks. I'm like, I'm just going to get snagged in grass. I'm going to snag in trees. Like, what good is this going to do me? Like, I'm not going to catch anything on it. But then when you figure out they can rip it out of their grass and they'll smash it right when you rip it out of their grass, it's like, oh, my gosh, what have I been miss missing? Right. And honestly, you can roll it through uh, tree cover and it'll bounce off those limbs and you'll be, you'd be surprised what you can catch bouncing it off of those limbs. Yeah, I was I was really surprised how how snag resistant it is. I, I was able to, just like you said, pull it through a bunch of places where I didn't think it was going to come through. So. Yes, it's an amazing lure. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can fish it too. I mean, it, uh, I've, you know, yo-yoing it when it's it's still oh, yeah. a little cold out, and you know, kind of just letting it drop to the bottom, pull it up off the bottom, and let it rattle its way up, and then drop it back down. You know, but straight retrieve works great if you're um, pulling it over the top of grass and stuff, or just snagging those, like you said, just you know, kind of grabbing a piece of grass every once in a while and pulling it out of there. It's a, such a versatile bait. It really is. Um, this year, I've been having a lot of luck. Um, 
I'll reel it in really quick, and then I'll yo-yo it. I'll jerk it, and then I'll let it sink. And I've been ha- I've been having tons of luck off doing that with it. And it's just like you can do it a lot of different ways. You can just let it sink and yo-yo it. You can straight jig it. People use them ice fish. I mean, smaller ones ice fishing, just jigging off the bottom, and they work. I mean, it's a really versatile bait. And um, yep. so when you were first fishing the Texas rig, what, what actually prompted you to, to start trying other things? Was it that just you started uh, the, either a weather change or something that the Texas rig just wasn't as effective? Or what, what prompted you to kind of finally say, okay, I got to try something else? Or just curiosity? Honestly, I started watching on the tactical bassin and they were talking about hard baits. And I'm just like, why do you want to use a hard bait when you're going to get snagged and everything? But my brother, um, uh, he really pushed me to like expand my horizon. Um, and I pushed him to expand his horizon too. Uh, he's, he will go out. He'll be like, here's the lure you're going to throw. That's all you get to throw that day. You have to catch a fish on it. If you don't catch a fish, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, it's really just the want to expand on my, my horizon now, though. Um, after I learned that you can do so much with the lipless, I started expanding. Um, jerk baits have been a really big thing that I've learned to love, especially when the water gets cold. Just spending jerk baits is almost unbeatable. Um, we have a lot of luck last year on them. Um, this year, I've kind of been straying away from it, even though. Not because I think it's a bad lure, but because I want to expand the lures that I can fish when it's colder. Um, I just think that when you narrow yourself down to one bait, you're really missing out on a lot of opportunities. Um, Tactical bassin really has a lot to say about that type of stuff. And them showing you like, hey, if this isn't working, try this with it. That really helps you learn and I've learned a lot from those guys, honestly. <laughs> um, I definitely uh, need to, to learn the, the jerk bait a little bit better. Uh, that's one of the baits that I still struggle with. Um, I just don't have confidence yet in it. Um, I, I've learned it some more this year than um, a, lo- a lot of the other years. But uh, I still, uh, it's one of those where I'll pick up for, you know, 20 minutes at a time. But if I don't get a bite, I... I have trouble sticking with it because I, I still don't have a feeling that uh, I'm, I'm working it the right way. I, I, I kind of I've watched a ton of videos on it, um, but uh, I just I'm still working on that confidence for, for that. Um, I think uh, I've had a couple people offer to, to take me out and show me. So I'm going to have to take them up on that one time. So honestly, on a kayak is probably one of the hardest baits to throw and work. I wish somebody would come out with a specific jerkbait rod for kayaks that's like five foot long <laughs> just so you could use it more effectively because it's really hard. And um, uh, especially when you're sitting down in a kayak, you really have to jerk it off to the side. So you're really not getting the depth out of it that you that I'd like to see. But if you just stick with it um, – off rocky points especially you can have a lot of good luck um that's where i mainly throw it um a couple of lakes around me have some rock points on them and you can go out there i throw a deep diving on a well 
like 11 foot diving one and okay. I'll just jam it into the rocks and jam it off the bottom and they'll just come through and pick it up off the bottom. And it's, it's a bite that I love. I've fallen in love with the jerk bait. Um, but yeah, like the key to learning a new bait is just tell yourself you're going to throw it and make yourself throw it. <laughs> um, my brother does a really good job at that. And it's really important to, too. Um, my brother, he took me out last year. Um, he only let me throw a spinnerbait. I never caught a fish on a spinnerbait until last fall. Um, probably, well, I guess it's summer and August time. So um, it was early August, I think it was. I might be kind of wrong there, but it was around that time of year. And my brother, he took me out. And he only gave me the spinnerbait. And I caught one fish on the spinnerbait that day. But then I go out the very next day on the kayak. And I'm throwing everything. Chatterbaits, which everybody says, oh, a chatterbait can work like this spinnerbait. Don't listen to that. They're to two totally different lures. <laughs> Not gonna, um, I was throwing that. I was throwing jigs. I was throwing liplesses, square bills. I... And then I think back onto yesterday when I caught that fish on the spinner bait, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to tie on a spinner bait." Four casts after that, I catch four fish back to back. Wow! And then I have luck on it the entire rest of the day. Um, that just goes to show you that maybe you should go explore new things um, because sometimes you think you have what's going to catch the fish, but you don't know what the fish is going to want. You've really got to listen to the fish. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if you're already, you know, struggling to get bites, it's not going to hurt you at all to to change it up and try something new. You know, you never know when you're going to find that one bite that or what that one bait that that day is what they want. And, you know, then you're just going to have a crazy day. Um, so it definitely, I think, pays a lot to, to to bring a couple different things with you. And and if you are, you know, uh, you know, not having a ton of luck, don't be afraid to to change it up, you know, um, you know, maybe target a different part of the water column or, you know, just work your way around, you know, and see what they're looking for that particular day. Right. Um, everybody's scared of getting skunked. Everybody doesn't want to go out there and not catch a fish. I don't know why. Like that's how I you learn. I think the YouTube generation has success, right? I think the YouTube generation has a lot to do with that. Like you, you go on and you watch these show or these guys on YouTube and it seems like they catch fish just constantly, but they're, they're not, yeah. what you're not seeing is the hours that they edit out of their videos where they don't catch fish. You know, you know, I've heard, you know, uh, there's a few YouTubers out there who will um, post, you know, videos of when they don't catch fish, you know, just to show that it's not always, you know, hammering them. And, but, um, a lot of them, you know, you know, if you're just watching the videos, you, you kind of get the wrong impression, you know, not that it's not like that sometimes where you're catching fish back to back to back, but there's definitely, I, I would say almost more often than not, it's not like that. And, um, I think that's kind of where that, that comes from a little bit is, uh, people watch these videos and they're thinking, Oh man. And then when they go out and, you know, it, it's just not quite uh, realistic to, to expect that all the time. So it really is. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers is Indy Yak Angler. He always, 
he doesn't post a whole lot, but when he does post, he's always catching fish. And I always see in the comments, why don't you just go out there and make a video of you not catching any fish? We'd <laughs> love to watch you just go out there and fish. But I kind of understand where they're coming from. I mean, they want to make good content, but right, right. At the end of the day, it's not like that. Um, they really people really need to start showing that on YouTube, honestly. Um, or at least just say, explaining when in the videos, you know, oh, you know, you'll see me catch this fish and then you'll see me catch this fish. And the actual time between those two fish was half an hour or, you know, whatever it was, you know, you know, just to give some people some idea of what 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 it's like sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah, it really is like that. Like, I'll go out there and I'll fish. And it might be three, four hours before I figure out what they're wanting to eat. Um, some days I go out there and I catch one first cast and I'm on them the rest of the day. But 99% of the time, it's not like that. You got to really go out there and fill out the water, fill out the fish and figure out what they want. And I, I'm a big believer, too, in, in, in at least a little bit of the, the salooner times and stuff where fish have a certain time of day that they're going to eat. And you know, you can run that lure in front of them for two hours, but if it's not the time that they're going to eat, yeah, you, you might not get as many bites. And then when you get into that time where they're, oh, now it's time to eat, it can be like a switch going off and all of a sudden you'll just start laying into them and nothing really changed that drastically, but it's just the time that they want to eat. Um, now I've, I've had guests before who say, you know, if you work a bass or a lure in front, in front of a bass long enough, in the right way, even if they're not hungry, they're going to eat it, or at least, you know, they're either going to get mad at it and try and chase it away, or they're going to, they're going to strike it in some way. But um, I, I definitely, I, I've had more times than not to be a believer that there's definitely times where fish feed and where they don't feed. And um, uh, it, it can be awesome when it turns on like a switch, but that can also suck when it turns off like a switch as well. Where, <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of my best days on a, we were out there trying for pike and um, uh, we caught 11 pike that day and like 35 bass all in whopper ploppers. But we were out there from, we got out there at noon and we stayed out there, there till dark. We caught most of those, those fish between like one o'clock and three o'clock. After that, it all shut off. We didn't catch anything after that basically. And yeah, it's really big on the windows. Um, some days you can go out there and you can catch a fish periodically all through the day, but more often than not, if you're not there at the right time, you might get skunked, and yeah. you just got to be okay with that. <laughs> and that's also, like like you said, the, the amount of time that you put in on the water uh, is way more than, you know, even me. I, like, I get out as often as I can, but definitely not, not as nearly as much as you did, and, but that's the stuff you kind of learn with uh, putting that much time on the water. As long as if you can kind of keep track of, you know, what worked when and what worked where and kind of draw those parallels be between your trips and stuff, it's going to make your, your uh, make you that much more successful. And whether you do it through uh, keeping a log or using an app like uh, the angler app or something um, there's lots of different ways you can kind of keep track of that stuff, but it's definitely a good idea uh, to kind of, follow along with that a little bit because it's really going to help you make you a better angler i think yeah this this year i've had probably 
35, 40 days of open water fish. I don't know. Yeah, maybe about 35 days of open water fishing. And I've only had five or six good days that I've actually been catching fish. The rest of the days, I haven't been getting anything, maybe a bite or two, but it's been a real grind. I mean, all the lakes right now are really low. Um, we haven't got a lot of moisture. Um, it probably snowed two times over the last this winter. And those times it snowed, we might have got an inch and a half. So all the lakes are wow. probably six to seven foot lower than they normally are. Um, the places where I normally catch the fish spawning are walkable. So <laughs> Wow. Okay. That makes <laughs> so it tough for sure. You're definitely going to have those good years and bad years. But um, uh, the time you put out in the water, the more often you're going to have more of the good days. But not everybody's as lucky as me. I'm single. I'm only 22. So I get a lot of free time after work to go out there and grind out those hours. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely hear you. I, I, that's that's kind of one of the things that makes me wish I would have picked up fishing a long time ago, back when I had a lot more time. Um, but my wife is gracious enough to let me go quite a bit, uh, as long as I don't abuse it too much. She's a, uh, you know, happy wife, happy life kind of thing, but uh, <laughs> it works out more often than not in my advantage that I get to go out when I can. So, um, right. so uh, what kind of things are you uh, looking to kind of learn this year? Like what, what are you excited about? Well, I'm a one really big thing I'm looking forward to this year. I just got a fly fishing rod and reel. So I'm really excited to go out there and try fly fishing. I'd really like to catch a pike on a fly. It seems like a lot of fun from what I've seen on YouTube. Um, I just ordered a hundred dollars worth of flies from a guy up in um, uh, Allegheny, Pennsylvania, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and he's tying me up. He just shipped them out today, so um, I'm expecting that order. I'm really excited to try out fly fishing, but conventional fishing. Um, I'd really like to learn more on crankbaits, um, glide baits too, um, deep diving crankbaits. I'd like to. I, narrowed it down to um i've fished a lot of square bills and stuff in the past but i haven't really done a lot of deep cranking um well i'd consider deep like anything over 15 foot for lakes around here at least um i'd really like to learn a little bit more on that um it's just a whole different animal getting offshore like i said most of my fishing is done within 20 yards from the bank so it's a totally different animal um I don't really have a lot of confidence in it, but I'm really excited to do more of it this year. I've, I caught probably 15 bass last year on a deep diver. Um, most of them came late winter. Uh, I watched a tactical bass and video on speed cranking. Uh, yep. And I tried my hand out on that and it's a different animal. Those bites are ferocious. <laughs> I was, uh, I watched that same video and I was super excited because that was one of the first rods that they mentioned that I actually had, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the <laughs> rods are the higher end stuff, but the budget one for that one was a St. Croix glass rod. And I was like, Oh, I have that rod. I can do that. You know? So. Yeah. I'm definitely going to need to get a glass rod or at least a medium <laughs> action rod. Uh, most of my rods right now are medium fast actions or fast. Um, I've been having a lot of luck on my medium fast for square bills and stuff, but for the deep diving, I definitely think I'm going to want a different rod. 
Um, Do you want to throw both uh, spinning and uh, bait casting, or you stick to one or the other? Um, when I go out, um, it really depends on the time of year. This time of year, I'm throwing a lot of spinning rods just because the water's cold. A lot more finesse tactics. Um, although I have been throwing a crank uh, lipless a lot, which has been on a bait caster. But once the water starts warming up, I take out four bait casters and one spinning rod. Okay. So <laughs> um, I run um, an SLX MGL, a uh, regular SLX, and a Daiwa Tatula CT. And uh, and then I have a really cheap um, lose um, American Hero. Um, give me one second. My phone's about to die. Oh, no worries. <laughs> yep, plug in if you got to. Uh, sorry <laughs> that's all right man take your time we got uh we got plenty of time so i know uh you're mentioning the the uh cheaper reels i the, my crankbait rod the one i use the most is a cast king and um it really you know i i almost wouldn't trade it i have the st croix but i i've caught way more fish on the cast king and i bought that off of some guy off on craigslist or something you know, and, and that's been by far my most productive rod. And it is probably one of the cheaper rods that I have now, um, you know, as I've upgraded my arsenal. Uh, but it, it, it's weird. Like, so it all goes to show, you know, you don't have to spend crazy amounts of money. But it was the first rod that, you know, I kind of did that was more technique specific. And um, I had tried to throw, throwing crankbaits before that. And it wasn't until I got that rod that I really that kind of opened up the door for me because uh, I just wasn't successful on it. And I think it just wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling it right. I wasn't, you know, my hook sets weren't good. You know, it, it just, that rod, you know, really opened up, you know, the cranking world to me. Yeah. Um, honestly, my whole first year I was using a five and a half foot Shakespeare um, ultralight rod. And then I got a, Zedco slingshot for ten dollars from Walmart, and that's what I used my whole first year. It wasn't until my second year where I really started expanding my horizons. Now I am uh, I have two of my Bass Pro uh, Fish Eagle rods. One's a medium, and one's a medium heavy. And then I have a six gill on my halfling. It's the shorter. It's got the shorter. I love that rod. Yep. yep, yep. I have one of those as well. Yeah, um, me and my brother, we went halves on the – they got the BOGO deal, so me and my brother, we went halves on that. So nice, I got nice. – I like that rod. I caught my first muskie on that rod, actually. It's a, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I was um, – I was <laughs> totally not the right rod for this, but I was <laughs> drinking a blade bait for – um, uh, I was drinking for walleye at the time. And my brother, he was throwing a big old paddle tail on some type of jig head, and – he hooked into the muskie first. It took off with his lure, and he had it on for probably half a minute, and it got off. So we just kept casting the same spot. I was still using the blade bait. And then probably two casts after he hooked into it, it smoked my blade bait. <laughs> nice. And it was – that was fun. It was eight pounds, eight ounces. It was 32-inch muskie. That was my very first muskie, and – that was a blast. And that was on the six gill rod and that rod's a great rod. I love it. Um, I really like that rod too. I mean, I've, I've used it from everything from inline spinners 
to all sorts of different things and it really is handled it's a very good all-around rod you know the one in yeah the end. I, I normally throw um uh, chatter baits on it and sometimes i'll throw on um, the jigs on it um i like it for those two techniques the most um it's a medium heavy um but i like to throw a jig on a medium heavy even if i'm punching with it I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, you need a heavy rod or something, but you really don't. Um, the grass doesn't get that thick around where I live. Um, and I'll punch with 30-pound braid. I don't jump up to 50-pound. I don't find the need for it, and I can cast a lot bigger with it. So, Yeah, no, yeah. I, um, and I really like – it's like you said, it's their their shorter kayak rod, if you will. You know, it, it uh, the rod butt is really – um, not long and on in the kayak. I have, that's almost what I'm gravitating to now. Um, I have a couple of the yak mojo rods from St. Croix and I have the halfling and, you know, I really kind of for, for being in the kayak, I definitely like those shorter rod butts. Cause I feel like they're not hitting me in the side as much as some of those longer ones. Yeah. I got a favorite rod and the butt on it was just so long. Whenever I go to cast, I keep smacking myself in the stomach with it. Yep. And it is so annoying. It, I really do like that halfling. I think I'm going to – I might get some more of them. Or Honestly, my brother got some St. Croix Bass Xs, and I really like those. They don't have a shorter butt, but I don't – they're not as long as that favorite rod was. And I know the, the Macchio, uh, Yak Mojo rods from St. Croix have the shorter butts uh, because that's what I started kind of gravitating to. Although that glass rod that I have isn't a shorter butt, but it's still not as long as some of the other ones. I have one other six scale rod. Uh, I forget what it is. It's, it's silver, um, but it's really long. And um, I kind of only bring that begrudgingly when I have to, when, uh, when I don't feel like changing or what I have tied on. That's the one I use for tubes and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, so, um, but I definitely get what you're saying when you're saying it's smacking you in the, in the stomach. Cause that, I, I, I get the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Especially sitting down, which you do a lot in a kayak. <laughs> For sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I know, uh, you, you know, I think that before we talked, you know, you had mentioned about uh, wanting to get into tournaments maybe a little bit. So I'm super psyched to hear that you, you got a few that you're going to try out. So yeah. uh, that's cool too. So yeah, um, I'm super excited for that. I I hope I win, but I'm not going to bet my marbles on it. I'm just going <laughs> to go out there. If I catch a fish, I catch a fish. If I skunk, I skunk. It's whatever. Right. <laughs> Start with your first fish and work your way up from there. That's what, it, you know, yep. uh, in the tournaments that I've entered, that's how I started, you know. Yep. Um, I'm just going to go out there and fish how I'm comfortable. I'm not going to try anything new. I'm just going to do what I know, stay probably close to the bank and work the shorelines. Um, the first one is – um may 21st so they should be hugging the shorelines up in the shallows at least um by then um probably some post spawners by then um hopefully some of them are still spawning i'm guessing a lot of them are still gonna be spawning then um being nebraska the waters tend to stay around that 55 to 60 degree range in may so i'm um, interesting i'm i'm I'll have to check in with you later and see how you did. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. So, 
Well, and I, and I know um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and it wasn't until after we re- had recorded the first time that you mentioned it, was um, kind of the role that faith plays in your fishing. You know, um, uh, I have a lot of things that I do with my faith, um, uh, being a, a camp counselor in the summertime uh, yep. for a Christian camp um, and doing a lot with youth ministry. Um, so it's uh, it plays a big role in my life, and it's, it's, made, it's a lot of uh, the person that I've become, you know, is because of that. And uh, I w- you, you mentioned the same thing. And so I wanted to hear a little bit more about that side of your story. Yeah, well, my dad was always been a preacher when I was growing up. He started preaching before I was even born. So um, uh, that's always been kind of a part of my life. Um, honestly, when I was in high school, I kind of started straying away from it. But then um, uh, when my girlfriend, she broke up with me, I kind of got into a dark spot. And for some reason, that led me to go fishing. And now when I look back on it, that was God being like, hey, here you go. Um, I got into some really bad mental health problems. I was going into um, mental hospitals and stuff. Um, but fishing gave me a thing to think about. And I really think that that was just God um, uh, being like, hey, this is a thing that you can do to kind of be a good person and kind of get your mind off of things. And um, uh, it really helped me get out of that loop. Um, and I really think God has a lot to do with that. Um, and, um, gosh, I had some verses I was going to mention. Um, uh, uh, one of them was, um, uh, uh, something, shoot, I'm forgetting it right now. Um, That's all right. That's all right. It's a, um, a trust in God, um. And don't, um, uh, something about your own understandings. Um, lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. Put your trust yeah, in God and um, lean not into your own understanding. Yeah. And no, definitely. This really helps me when I'm out fishing. Um, when you catch, when you get a big bass on it and you lose it, it's just like, why did that just happen? Why did I lose it? Well, you don't know why you did it, but I bet you learned something from missing that bass. And you're not supposed to know why you lost it. Um, that's just God being like, hey, it wasn't meant to be. And that's really helped me on the, instead of getting frustrated with those times, helps me sit back and be like, okay, um, just wasn't meant to be and go back to fishing instead of <laughs> frustrated, throwing a rod in the water like some of those people do. Um, that really helps me kind of put my focus back on where it needs to be. Because when I'm out there fishing, I'm fishing hard, like, when I get my lure back in, I'm casting back out there. It's so that really helps me kind of stay focused. And then um another one, um, um I can't think of it. Um it's all right. I mean I was gonna say uh what go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say when um you know like a couple of the different ways that I've seen some amazing like I it, fishing is such a therapeutic thing and like uh i've volunteered a lot with heroes on the water my local heroes on the water chapter which uh deals with uh um, veterans and first responders that may or may not be dealing with like ptsd or other uh mental issues and and uh you know they can be really struggling and then when you put them in a kayak or 
um, just give them a fishing rod and they, they spend some time out on the water. Uh, it's amazing when they come back and, you know, you know, you see a weight lifted or if it's an escape, even for just, you know, a short, a brief amount of time, you know, it, it can make such a huge difference. And, and, uh, I've made connections with kids at camp who, you know, you know, the whole week they're just kind of, their head is down They're They're, you know, struggling with some things and, you know, I'll be like, Hey, come fishing with me. And, you know, it just lightens them up. And, and, you know, you, you see a fire that gets lit and, you know, a, a total 180 in their demeanor and their, you know, they, they come out of their shell. It's, it, I've seen it work so many times. And, and that's part of the reason why I love sharing my love of this sport, because I feel like it can do some amazing things and, and God does work in so many mysterious ways. And, um, if this is, you know, my way of reaching people, I'm so happy to share it because, uh, I, I feel like it can help, um, so many people in so many different ways. It really does. And, um, it just happens to be that my best friend loved to go fishing. So it kind of worked when my girlfriend broke up with me, it just so happened to work out that, Hey, I have this person. Hold on. Uh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, it just so happened that I had this friend that I could go fishing with all the time and get out there instead of being cooped up at home, not wanting to do anything, just being depressed. Um, it just really lined up to work out that way. And I don't think that just is a coincidence. Um, there's more to it than that. Um, the other verse I was trying to think of was, um, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. So if you have just a millionth of that amount of faith, that means I can go out there and catch a fish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, even when you're getting skunked, um, just go pray to God, be like, hey, I need to catch fish. And more often than not, I've found that that's, I end up catching a fish after that. Um, you just need to put some faith into it. And a lot of these pro guys, um, another word for faith, I think, would be confidence. And confidence is a huge, huge thing in fishing. Absolutely. So, um, having that amount of confidence or faith is huge. Um the more confidence you have, the better you're going to be. The, so the more faith you have, the more better you're going to be. If That's kind of how I look at that verse and how I kind of correlate it with fishing. Um, that really kind of is like, hey, you just need to put a little bit of faith into it and you'll be okay. You'll get something. If you don't catch something today, it just wasn't meant to be. You'll get out there next time and you're going to catch a fish. It's okay. You know, even uh, even when I when I don't catch fish, I, I kind of sit back and just uh, just say thanks for just being able to spend time out in God's creation and and seeing, you know, a beautiful sunset. And, you know, they always joke if you can't take a, a trophy picture of a fish, you can at least take a good sunset picture. But uh, um, I just I try to take not take that for granted. Just the fact that I am getting to spend time out, you know, floating across a beautiful lake or, you know, going down a beautiful river, getting to see all sorts of different kinds of wildlife, whether it's turtles or, uh, you know, all the different kinds of birds that you see when you're fishing. And um, I've seen deer swim across the river in front of me. Um, just tons of different experiences that, 
if I was at home sitting on the couch, I wouldn't be experiencing. So um, I try to keep that all in perspective too. Uh, when, um, you know, obviously when I'm catching it, you know, I like it even more, but uh, 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 even when I'm not, I, that's one thing I try to remember. And it, it, like you said, you know, you know, there's, there was times and there still is times where I get angry where I'll get frustrated, where I'll maybe I'll backlash and, or be getting uh, fighting the wind and I'll just, you know, frustrated. And I really have to, you know, just take a step back and, you know, whether it is saying a little prayer or just, you know, kind of bringing myself back to realizing, you know, I'm out there for fun, um, you know, ex take the experience for what it is and, and, you know, go from there. Oh, for sure. Today on the, today when we were out fishing, um, I got skunked the whole day. Um, I was with my friend and I was praying. I'm like, Hey, let me catch a fish. Let's let us catch a fish. And my friend, he caught a 20 inch walleye today and wow. that turned out it made a terrible day turn into a great day. I mean, no day on the water is a terrible day. So that's kind <laughs> of hard fish. <laughs> and even when you do have a bad day, when the sun's sitting over the lake, you get to see the beautiful sunset that God painted in the sky. You see all the beautiful colors and nature is just a wonderful thing that he gave us. That's really relaxing and really lets you get back and sit back and just be thankful. Um, it gives you something to be thankful for, even when you're having a bad day. And Amen. Yeah, for sure. And um, um, you mentioned your brother a lot too. Has this brought you closer uh, or, you know, have you always been closer with your brother or is it just something you can share? Um, me and my brother, um, We've always been really close. Um, when we we did everything together when we were little. Um, then when I was in like high school, we started kind of getting farther apart. Um, he, then um, uh, after high school, um, me and him um, moved into an apartment together. So um, that was nice, but we still didn't really have a whole lot to do together, you know. But now that we started fishing, um, we go fishing every time he's off work. We're out there fishing. Uh, he works a lot more evenings and I work a lot more mornings, but it definitely gives us something to have in common more. Um, he's a lot bigger tackle junkie than I am. <laughs> uh, he definitely spins a lot more. He's got all the He's got Corrado MGLs, Corrado DCs. He's got all the Bass X rods and the Dobbins and everything. And But it's definitely given us something to bond over, um, more so than just seeing each other when we get home and saying goodnight, um, you know, like right, a lot right. of um, When we were little, we used to – my grandma, she's from – my mom grew up in Wisconsin, Um well, right on the border of Wisconsin and northern Michigan and Hurley, right by um, just like an hour and a half from Lake Superior. Okay. Um, when we were little um, and we'd go up to visit our grandma, we'd go fishing all the time as little kids. And we'd just go catch a little bluegill. My brother caught his very first pike up there. It was like 27 inches long. And... I still have that picture and we used to fish all the time when we were little together. And then I'm, like I said, we kind of got away from that. And now it just, it makes us feel like we're little kids again, you know, and yep. it really just brought us closer together. And 
I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up for nothing. I um my brother he has a nicer kayak than I do at the moment. <laughs> He's got an Ascend 12T, which is a pretty nice kayak, but He's always letting me use his stuff. Um, it gives us something that we can share something with each other with, too. And it's made Christmas presents way easier to buy for each other. <laughs> and birthday <laughs> presents, too. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely really helped on that. And um, recently, we've been getting our dad out there. Um, my dad's oh, cool. a really big gun nut. Um, he loves guns. Uh, that he that's been his thing. He, uh, he let me shoot my first gun when I was two. So (laughs) he set me on his lap and he'd hold up the gun and let me pull the trigger. So that's really been his big thing. He used to do a lot of fishing before we were born. Um, we'd fish a lot of bobber fishing and stuff, but, um, he got a kayak. It's just one of the, it's a nicer, um, Pelican one. It's, I can't remember the model of it, but it's one of the nicer ones. It's a little more stable. He's a little bit bigger of a guy. But when we get out there fishing, I think I'm more focused on him catching a fish than I'm focused on me fishing. Like, I'm out there. I'm throwing everything that I know he can throw, just seeing what would work for him to throw. Right. No, yeah. I, when I take my daughters out, it's the same thing. I'm always – if they can catch a fish, like just this Saturday uh, or tomorrow or – it's Thursday, so – Saturday, two days from now, is mentored trout day. So I'm look, so looking forward to getting my daughters out there and, you know, getting them uh, to catch some trout. So because just seeing their face and how happy it makes them, you know, makes me feel like a million bucks. So, Yeah, um, last July, um, uh, we got my dad his personal best bass. Um, he hasn't really caught that big of a bass before in his life. But now his PB is four pounds, 14 ounces. Wow. And he the smile on his face, man, um, is meant the world to me. And then um uh my mom, her uncle had um started a Bible camp out in around North Platte area a long time ago. And um there's a big lake out there. Um we're going out there in two weeks from now and there's some big bass and but last year we went out there and we had our dad out there and he was out there. We didn't catch a whole lot of big, well, he didn't catch a whole lot of big bass. I caught a couple six plus pounders, nice. but, <laughs> but he was out there. He was just trolling for crappie on his kayak. And that was amazing. And then he caught a walleye, a pretty decent one. It was a little under 20 inches. It was 18, 19 inches, but he was ecstatic. And then he caught this huge drum, probably like a eight pound <laughs> drum. But the fight he had was probably one of the better fights that he's had. Well, casting lures, that is. Um, And then in November of last year, he lost his right foot. Um, He got it amputated. So um, uh, two weeks from now will be his first time. He got a prosthetic just last month, and he's been learning to walk again on that. And... So two weeks from now, we're hoping to get him back out on the kayak for the first time. He's super excited for that. I'm really excited to get him out on the water again. Hopefully it works out in the favor. Hopefully my feel free's in. I'm going to let him use the feel free just because it's a little bit stabler. got the taller seat on it and everything. Right. So 
I'm really excited to get my dad out on the water again, especially after having that happen to him. He's been stuck at home a lot, not really able to do anything. Um, he used to drive school bus. So a lot of the kids um, from the school in Arcadia have been, they live across the street from the school. So a lot of the kids will come across the street and say hi to him. And that's really been keeping his, his himself up instead of being down all the time. Um, right. Well, I, I, you know, again, that, yeah, it sounds tough, but I, I'm glad that, you know, that's just one more outlet, you know, one more way that, you know, you can grow closer and, you know, pick his spirits up, you know, doing something that he'll enjoy. So that's, that's really cool. I had forgot when you were, you were mentioning the drum and, you know, Bluego and walleye, you, you had mentioned that, you know, the, the diversity of fish in your area is really, really good too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of different fish. We're kind of spoiled. Um, they might not be the biggest fish of those species, but they still get pretty decent sized. We got within a 20 minute drive of my house. I can catch white bass. I can catch largemouth. Um, okay. Let's go 45 minute drive. We can <laughs> catch smallmouth within 45 minutes. Um, we can catch muskie, pike, uh, crappie, black crappie, perch. Um, what am I missing? Um, walleye. Yeah, walleye. We can catch walleye. Um, just all sorts of fish, right? Within an hour drive of my house. Most of those are within 15 minutes, besides smallmouth. That's the only thing you got to go a tiny bit further for. But you can okay. catch basically anything within a 15, 20 minute drive of my house, be it from little bluegill all the way up to tiger muskie, even. Um, there's just a huge diversity and they're not big bodies of water. So it's not like you're out there struggling to catch those fish. They're pretty open to you being able to be caught, which uh, it's kind of spoiling Honestly, I was going to say, I'm, I'm a little jealous of that. I, I I'm not going to lie. Cause that, uh, you know, around here, I know that you can catch muskie, but again, they're, they're called the fish of 10,000 cats for a reason. And, uh, um, I have not yet uh, caught one. Um, I, I know quite a few people who have just need to spend a little bit more time and keep trying, but, uh, it'll, it'll happen, but I, it definitely does sound a little, uh, sounds like you're a little spoiled. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Like that's like the one that we were just fishing today last year, a guy caught a 46 inch muskie out of it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Through the ice. Wow. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then we got channel catfish and flatheads all within an hour drive. You got to go a little bit further for blue cats, but not much. Um, there's a lot of diversity within a few minutes from my house and I'm really spoiled to have that. It really helps me out learning new things, especially, especially new techniques like walleye fishing, paddle tails. That's what got me on my first bass with a paddle tail was throwing for walleye. So, okay, that really helps me expand on my lures. Um, blade baits. I I would never have thrown a blade bait if it wasn't for walleye fishing. Um, <laughs> just being straight up. Um, and now I've caught tons of bass on a blade bait. Right. Um, right. If you can get out there and try to diverse your species, it'll make you a better bass fisher. 
Absolutely. I, I agree. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, one of the, uh, uh we're kind of wrapping up here. We're a little over an hour, but, um, I, I know last time you had mentioned Pepper Custom Jigs and that you were uh, really into their stuff. Um, what 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 other kind of things do you get from them? Um, swim jigs are my favorite thing they make. Second favorite thing they make, spinner baits. They make some great spinner baits. I've, I love them. I've caught a ton of fish on them. Um, last year was my fir first time ever catching a fish on a spinner bait. I tried out striking spinner baits, um, Berkeley, Berkeley spinner baits, or yeah, Berkeley, um, uh, and a whole bunch of other brands of spinner baits. And the Pepper Customs are definitely my favorite. I don't know what it is about them, honestly, because I'm pretty new to spinner baits still, but they've been big producers for me. Um, mainly, I just use a double willow blade. Um, uh, let me get one out. Yep. This is one of them. Um, just a pretty simple spinner bait. Nothing fancy. I don't know how Willie can see that, but they've got kind of a heavier wire on them, but they were, I, they produce a lot of fish for me. I'm definitely getting more of them. Um, I already have shoot oh, a lot of them over 15 <laughs> um they've just been great producers they also make um this chatterbait um i don't happen to have any of them on me but um they have a wire that sticks out from the jig head probably a half an inch three quarters of an inch and that hooks onto the blade and they're a great little chatterbait um well bladed jig um they I saw that after after you mentioned that, I remember uh, going onto their site and uh, looking around a little bit, and I saw that that uh, chatterbait, and it, it was definitely a little bit of a different take on a chatterbait, uh, having that almost like a you know uh, a, a spinnerbait wire extending that uh, blade off the the jig head a little bit. It was I was like I, that was interesting. Me uh, curious how that worked. Yeah, if you haven't tried one, I highly recommend. If you're gonna get one thing from them that's different from what you're normally fishing please try one of those it's a game changer um the startup rate and the vibration is really good um i like them better than the jackhammers honestly um, that says a lot right there yeah <laughs> um mainly i'm throwing a i'm i'll, I'll throw a white one with a kitek four inch on my easy shot shiner behind it um that's my go-to i've caught a ton of bass off of that and um one way i like to work that is i like casting it out there sinking it down to the bottom and then kind of jigging it off the bottom um that works really good in these colder months um during the summer months though it's a killer just cast and retrieve type lure mm -hmm. um i definitely if you want to change up and try something new that's uh that's one to try I might be doing some shopping later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Timothy. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to shout out to where folks can find you. I know, um, you know, you're pretty much like me. You don't have a ton of social media, but you do have some, right? So. 
Um, uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. That's probably the place I post the most. Um, honestly, I haven't posted a lot recently just because I'm that guy that likes to post when I have a good day, honestly, <laughs> which hasn't really been happening this year. But it's going to pick up. I'm going to start posting a lot more on Facebook. Um, that's probably the main spot to find me. I don't like wasting my time on social media. Honestly, I like learning stuff. And if I'm not learning something, I kind of find it to be a waste of my time. And so I'm not really on it too much, but Facebook's definitely the one thing I'm on the most out of all of them. I definitely keep that updated more than anything. Um, yeah, that's the main place to find me. Yep. All right, man. Well, um, again, um, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, coming on with me once and then, you know, being able to come on again. Uh, I feel like we covered even more stuff this time. So super happy to be able to re-record and, and actually learn more stuff about you. Uh, so um, uh, definitely have to let me know how you do in those tournaments. Just, you know, uh, you know, shoot me a message and let me know how you made out. Um, and um, definitely have to have you back on again and see, you know, as we both continue to grow and learn new things, I think it'd be cool to, uh, you know, follow along with each other and see how you're doing. So. Oh, I'll definitely keep you updated when those tournaments come around. And probably when I start catching some fish, I might be sending you some fish pictures. So, awesome. Awesome. Uh, Looking forward to I it. I really appreciate that you actually found something to that you actually enjoyed out of my talk last time. Enough to have me back on re-record. That really made me happy. Um, really kind of boosted my confidence that I actually know what I'm talking about, at least a little bit. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man no no I, you definitely need to give yourself more credit because you you know you can tell anytime you, you know you, you've put in the time on the water you, you you're knowledgeable about different techniques and stuff you you, you have the chops to make it man I, I i i believe in you so well i really appreciate that sure thing man so all right well um thanks again for coming on um everybody thanks uh for uh hanging with us and uh i hope you guys all enjoyed this episode this has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Have a good night, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your midwest premier paddle sports destination go to rocktownadventures.com eastport marina the beautiful destination on dale hollow lake if you're looking for lodging kayaks kayak accessories or anything fishing related 
on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.